Hey, yo. King of the Troops, straight out of the zoo. It's AK fucking A. PT Podcast, episode two. I'm with... St. James, holier than now. How you doing? I'm, I'm sitting here with... YPC, a.k.a. YPC Get Money. And we also got someone else here, too. My name is Dark Daddy, number one. All right. <laughs> Where you been, bro? <laughs> Ayashi. You, you I was, all right, good, good. I was hoping you would at least say one. Bro, one of your names. Two. Okay. Well, we want to, you know, thank you guys for checking out the first podcast. We back at it again with another one. The Troop, hey, your hey, favorite hey, fan hey. of Thieves. Um, today, I wanted to start off by talking about the stuff that's happening with the DC fandom and all of the different various announcements of how they make us feel. Because, you know, we're all nerds at heart. Yeah. So the first thing I want to say is, what are you guys' favorite announcements? Out of the fandom? Have y'all have y'all been keeping up with it? Yeah, I've been keeping up with it. There was it. only just mainly the big three announcements, which was Suicide Squad, the movie, Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad the game, and then um, Batman. There we finally got it. What else? Gotham Knights. Yeah, there's Gotham Knights. I, ain't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't either. I actually really like Gotham Knights. Well, I, I'm not saying it's bad, but out of the three, that's, that's, another, very, that's very. I don't give a. Uh, in addition, about. in addition to the oh, in addition to the game that had already we already thought ended, and it was just, and they kind of came out and said that it wasn't a direct, uh, a direct follow up to the game. It's just kind of like in a world similar. That's why certain characters are younger and certain things happen differently. I don't give a f about the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I'm about to say the Gotham Knights had the most gameplay out of anything there. So really, I mean, I, I do like the Suicide Squad stuff. I think it's interesting to see where they're going with it as a franchise. I definitely think they they started to lose track of where they were going though. I feel like it was supposed to be like the antithesis of what like typical superhero teams are, and now it's just like this goofy group of dickheads. Yeah, that's kind of what the doing, Suicide Squad doing is, wild though. stuff. But then, like, it's, it takes away, like, the seriousness of these people being on death row. And, like, they don't even care about that anymore. They like, don't. even in the trailer, they said, we're going we're gonna to make you die. Like, we're going to blow the bombs up. They said, here we go with this again, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Like, that's wild to me. Just, oh, kill me. It's like CJ and Grand Theft Auto. Oh, shit. Here we, <laughs> here we go, go again. again. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they're trying too hard to make the Suicide Squad, like, the DC version of the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know? So that's, mm-hmm. a, that's, that's a good point, because, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy are still regarded as a spinoff, and almost sometimes as comic relief versions of the Avengers. What do you mm-hmm. think about the, the DC universe as a whole, like, cinematically, starting to take a step away from the Justice League? That's cool. Uh, I feel like... Uh... I don't even remember what I was about to say. Somebody well, else said something. That Justice League movie was ass, so it's good that they taken a step away. <laughs> well, yeah, it was, was the Snyder fun. Cut coming? I was just about to say, that was, that was another cut. thing. The, tra- the trailer we got for the Snyder Cut was wild. It was actually pretty crazy. And it's like, it's going to be four hours of content. So it's, it's, it's going to be wild. He's gonna We're going to get everything that he wanted us to see. So there's no there's no like excuse for why it's not how it should be. True, there's four hours of content, but then there's like, I feel like the content that they're putting is content that just should have been in the first one. You're elaborating on the scenes that we've already seen and putting them into a new, different context when we already don't really have an introduction to these versions of these characters. Mm. Like mm. Ben Affleck, Batman, we don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if Robin alive, dead. The backstory of these characters are still so vague besides probably Wonder Woman. She had her origin movie. but like, mm. And the Superman is the Superman that we know from the other ones, but like, after that, like, the universe as a whole, I feel like it's still a mystery. Like, especially when it comes to, like, fan favorites. Like, we don't know where any of the fan favorite versions of these characters in their individual stories are. 
Well, I think um, like one of the pluses to that is that at least with Zack Snyder, now that it is four hours, we're probably going to get a little bit more details and stuff like that. And kind of the plus, because it this is after some of the movies that came out after Justice League, you see some like things like Aquaman leaving his, uh, well, spoilers who, who, who ever have seen a trailer. Obviously, we're talking about it. You should watch it. But there's a point where he leaves the armor and his spear down in front of Mira. And it's just kind of, he. you can see that he's still on the fuck the throne type of wave, which kind of links to that. So we see that Zack Snyder had a complete, like it's a complete thought as opposed to a movie that a director walked away from that was then cobbled together with reshoots and stuff like that. Like, even if it's not good, at least it's like a complete thing now. And we get to see an, an idea of at least how one person thought just how Justice League should be. Yeah, I definitely think it's like it would be pulled off because like DC did it before, not necessarily this team, but they did it before in like the animated universe when it came to um like the Justice League cartoon. Like they didn't give any backstory to any of the characters that are inside the cartoon. And you just put them in a three-parter episode and that shit was like perfect. Yeah, that shit was fire. Actually. Sometimes it's perfect if you're self-aware though. However, they played at these being like drastically different versions of the characters that we know and love today. But they just seem same to me like nothing stood out from in like from Ben Affleck Batman going forward into like how excited I am for Robert Pattinson Batman and his interpretation on the character and the Mm -hmm. things I've seen surrounding him as a character and not just being Robert Pattinson the actor's version of Batman yeah it's now like a different cinematic take on it which I feel like is what they were missing because it's just kind of Ben Affleck staring at the the, the screen a lot like like doing stuff. He was like stalking people in a party and like, but what? But what? Like that didn't really show me anything, bro. When my man was in the corner, he was in the corner of the room, big ass his back. <laughs> I would have pooped myself. When the dude shined a shotgun, you just see, <laughs> bro. It, I could not. That was so funny to me. Yeah, I feel like the issue with the Justice League movie wasn't that like. It, it was missing stuff. I felt like it was just too safe. It was just too mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. random numbers. Yeah. Aliens invading. They beat the aliens. Oh, Easily. it turns out that there's Ooh. a bigger alien coming now. Like, now can I say though, like as somebody who watched the original Justice League, they got their asses beat, boy. Like I didn't. Not even the Justice League. Like when my favorite part of the first Justice League movie was when he went to uh, the island of the Amazons. The main villain goes, and the Amazons are like. Hustling to keep Bro, this man from that artifact. They was doing like, the most. The most. Like she <laughs> shot an arrow with it tied to it. People are on foot booking. Like people was really hopping serious. and grabbing arrows. <laughs> like she grabbed the rope. I said, "How you just go on?" I definitely think that was like one of the standout points of that movie. Is just like there's certain points in the time where like it definitely felt like a desperate ass movie because like mm. the Amazons were getting smoked. Like there was like, no real. there was they, no competition about it. Like Steppenwolf was just like, "All right, give me my fucking mother box, please." Yeah, and then I feel like, I feel like it was just, I feel like the second that the Justice League came into the movies, with the second that the movie started getting boring, you know, and that's it should have should have been the opposite of that. Like, why 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 was that Amazon sequence the most interesting part of this movie? I will I will say question. that it shouldn't have been like, it shouldn't have been that the Superman versus the League fight was more interesting than Superman and the Justice League versus Steppenwolf because at the end they mixed them. Like it was yeah. like it was it, that buildup was for nothing because y'all just beat them. Like it was it wasn't even it wasn't even like hard. I feel like that's supposed to be a testament to their combined might. Like nah, it's a testament <laughs> to Superman's might because it happened after he got there. After he got there, shit was gravy. 
Superman put that man in the coffin. Bro, he beat that man with white privilege in hand. That's kind of wild. Um, Speaking of, like, Superman and, like, characters and stuff, what do you guys think of Robert Pattinson as Batman? I like it a lot. He reminds me of Michael Keaton's Batman a lot. That's the first time I heard that. That's crazy. Yeah, I think uh, Robert Pattinson himself has a lot of range. Um, From what I've seen, he kind of... He kind of does embody like the more the more edgier younger Batman, mm-hmm. which I was which what I think what they're going for. I think they said it's around like year year two of his career. Mm-hmm. I don't see him like playing Batman out outside of this trilogy though. Like I feel like it would it would be weird seeing seeing him as Batman next to like Gal 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 Gadot or something. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. No, I don't know how to say it. Man, Gal got it. Gal got it. Yo, I, she started like fire. Yo, she started like a clothing line. Gal got it. <laughs> she gonna have bread. Yo, she already got bread, but she gonna have even more bread. Gal like a dope with her super ball eyes. Um, I think I think I definitely could see him transitioning into other media. I know that uh, Ben Affleck has been confirmed as Batman in the Flash movie already, but I definitely could see him doing something going forward, like as he grows more into the role. Which I don't even think he really needs to do. I saw a variety of movies with Robert Pattinson. He's in more than one movie that's coming out now. Like mm. that man is Dude's like got really range. putting in work. Like he's trying to be Robert Downey Jr. Jr. Yeah. At this, <laughs> at this point, it's the only way I can describe it. Is how he's really like starting to put himself out there. And Robert I saw the movie Downey's The King. Thug. Have you seen? Have any of y'all seen uh, the movie King on Netflix? No. Mm-mm. The movie King is uh, stars uh, Tim- Timothy Chalamet. I think is how you pronounce his name. And uh, he's a young king that gets uh, inducted into kinghood, even though his younger brother was the bigger pick for it. And he was like a drunk, went out partying every night and was instantly forced to be king. And now you get to see him like deal with the pressure from other countries and the pressure of being king. And he can't really cope with it because he was literally just drinking his brains out last night. And he mm. now has to take on that responsibility after his father passes and his brother ends up dying an untimely death. And Robert Pattinson, I say this because Robert Pattinson is in this movie. Robert Pattinson is the Prince of France, and he comes to insult the King of England, like to his face. He talked about like how he's like how he's, he got a little meat, and how like <laughs> his country is cow. His, he has a country of cowards. His country going shit on him. There's nothing he could do about it. Mm. And just to see him go from Edward to this is such a good testament to his range that I definitely think he could do a saucy Batman. Imagine being king. He's just like, yeah, you dick little bro. <laughs> he's fit to rule this country for real. He he came. I met someone coming into your house and saying that to you. Hold like, on, now, hold, on like, now. hold on, now. Actually, if, I, if I'm king, that shit don't matter no more. I'm king. I could just <laughs> like it would matter if another hate. king said that, but not if a peasant said that to me. I'm off. I'm off of you. No, specifically, this scene was crazy because he had walked himself into the England camp alone. Like Robert Pattinson is the as the Prince of France is a dolo. Like. <laughs> Talk, and he's saying this surrounded by guards. Mm. Uh, he said, I can't wait to see you choke on your own blood and die. Jeez, like, he was boy. really wilding. Like, it was it was genuinely interesting. And I feel like now, to get back on point, when you start to see newer newer actors try their hand at the role, you start to realize that maybe the unorthodox picks are what you need for this character. And that you need a breath of fresh air. Because, like, it's, there's plenty of typical Bruce Waynes. Like, they could have picked Josh Brolin. He'd have sauced it. But Probably, it had been actually. so typical of a Bruce Wayne pick that, like, now you get to see the odd pick of Robert Pattinson with Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman as his second. Like, they get to see how that influences not only their careers, but the genre and the movie itself and mm-hmm. the takes on these characters. I think that just shows, like, the power of, like, not picking, like, actors as typecasted 
kind of people. Like, oh my god, that's whack. Yeah, typecasting people is kind of corny. It's super corny. Well, I think with uh, Robert Pattinson, I was saying this before. I feel like he's like as what Tom Holland, what Tom Holland was to Spider Man. He's that to Batman because I could see him being the the like the drunk playboy, looking tired as fuck, and people just kind of discounting it as this dude's depressed. He goes out and just bangs lady and enjoys like enjoys being rich. And he's got the Batman voice down. He got the mask. The, the costume looks dope, and his car is fire. So it's just like yes, he, there's there's so many moving pieces to make this scene perfect. I could see him doing this outside, and I would still be happy, even though you know. Can you explain athlete. deeper into the Tom Holland comparison? Tom Holland was a—I uh, feel like he was a breath of fresh, fresh air. He was good at like he was equally good at both parts of being Spider-Man, just as Robert Pattinson is equally good at being both parts. Because in the past, there were like Batman's who were good at being Bruce Wayne, but not really good at being Batman. So it was like you know, mm-hmm. he's a good medium. Have you ever seen Game of Thrones? Not to a, a good extent, no. There's a character in Game of Thrones called Jorah Mormont. And Jorah Mormont, the actor for him, plays, well, the actor himself, plays Bruce Wayne in a different series. And oh. He's, old, he's a much older, uh, much older, like, You're talking about Titans. Bigger. You're talking about Titans. I've seen, yeah. ti- I've seen Titans, and I've seen him in Titans. Yeah, and you get to see that Bruce Wayne, which is a lot more fatherly and a lot more older. And I feel like, to say, to, to make a point, Tom Holland looked exactly like what I would really imagine Peter Parker to look like. Like, mm-hmm. just on a pure visual aspect and going based on what he's done before this, I could definitely see him being a pick as, like, Spider-Man, especially going from the previous actor's pick, but, like, going as Batman, especially because of how long he's been in play as a, as a character mm-hmm. and the various states you've seen him in and the various ages you've seen him in. Yes. Like, I definitely wasn't expecting going from Jorah Mormont to Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Which is a little bit different from your comparison, but I get what you're saying otherwise. It's a very important question. What's everyone's favorite Batman? Robert Pattinson. You mean like acting wise or just in general? And everyone's favorite Batman in general. Uh Asriel. He was pretty crazy. Yeah, are we talking think, like actors or like uh, He's talking about Batman. like favorite version like, of Batman or anything like that. You can go actors as well. Because yeah, okay. they, they yeah. count as Batman, you know. I think definitely um Dick Grayson Batman. After the, uh, I think it was the Batman and Son or Batman R.I.P. R- R- storyline. Yeah, that was, like, a, that was a good pick. Yeah, I just was, felt pressure. That was like a pretty good, <laughs> like, sto- couple stories. I think my my favorite Batman ties for all of the Batman and Dark Knight's metal. I feel like the theme of that story and the way they did all of these different Batman with different series of powers was really lit to me. Especially the Flash Batman. How he ran with the bats following him. He could yeah. sick them on people. That was such a cool power to me. And I feel like if they had went different ways than some of their choices, it could have been one of the best Batman stories ever made. Actor-wise, I like Adam West because I thought he was funny. <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of, like, he was such a serious character in, the, in like, these books. So you never really saw, like, the knight the, as a joke. The comical like, guy. You get Batman, literally the comical guy to just be punching people in the throat. Yeah, running Bam. with running with oversized bombs through crowds. <laughs> Move out the way! Yeah. Like, like he, he got tights on, and I got a gun, and he just beating my ass. Like, <laughs> the shark repellent. Yeah. Uh, speaking of of Dark Knights, I can't wait until the Batman Who Laughs gets a like live action adaption. I'm good. That's gonna be crazy. That follows uh, <laughs> into the next point. Actually, I wanted to say, uh, what are your expectations for the future of like the DC universe and for like DC cinematic universe? I feel like is a is a bigger thing. Absolutely nothing, but I hope that they like go more into like more actual movies instead of just making like 
quote unquote superior movies. If that makes sense. I um same same with Blake actually, and I feel like you you enjoy shit better when you don't have any like any like what's what's the word expectations. When you don't have any expectations for it, you enjoy it better. I just I just hope DC as a whole takes chances more because like what Jared said, they really played it safe with the first movie. And when like I know it's a contest, like we all know it's a contest between Marvel and DC. But Marvel wins when they take chances. They're the the dude on Winter Soldier. The um the fight choreographer that was his first time fight fight doing fight choreo for a movie this big budget Marvel movie that played mainly into the story and he ripped it and he got work from that and now there's an accolade but with DC there's so many stories and concepts that are like really out there compared to Marvel like in the books that they're just going to be scared to touch because you know they're like important with sales and stuff it's like it's less of taking chances more of just actually putting in the effort to make good movies because if, you, if mm-hmm. you think about like all the movies that marvel has made that really like succeeded beyond just like you know your standard guardians of the galaxy and avengers type shit like mm-hmm. like winter soldier and fucking logan of course like they're like movies first that involve mm-hmm. characters that just happen to be superheroes like logan was just like yeah i'm old i can't really do anything all my team members are dead i got a fucking alzheimer's inflicted Professor X in my basement, <laughs> like, and like you know, compared to like seven. DC, where it's just like superheroes. I think I get what you're saying, but I think taking effort isn't the wrong is the wrong way to say what you're trying to say, because these movies took immense amounts of effort and millions and millions of dollars. It's just about taking effort into not even taking effort. I want to say I just want to say putting care into making this stand out in mm. different ways. Yeah, yeah, like the extra care, and not even care, but like. Added touch to make it unique, like just as a whole, and like making it different from the past going forward. I feel like is important. Yeah, I feel like especially because um, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is a good example. We keep bringing it up, but like no one, no one knew Guardians of the Galaxy before that movie. I but still, I did. Well, like the, the like general mainstream audience didn't really know them. I didn't even know them really. But um, like the movie itself was good. So then they became popular now. Right. I feel like DC is in a position to do that too. Um, I feel like they're taking that right step with Black Adam. I heard they're putting the Justice Society in it. Um, That'd be and, lit. And, That'd and even be so just giving Black, Black Adam his own movie. Like, you know, you oh, wait, Black really Adam's getting his own that. movie? I thought it's it was movie. Shazam just getting his movie. Nah. It's, it's not it's Shazam a isn't even. It in was it. actually announced during the DC fandom. The mm-hmm. Rock is Black Adam. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, we need, we need more movies. I can't see my face right now. I'm just like, Wow. Yeah. Like <laughs> movies that like that like aren't just interested in 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 an audience that 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 isn't even their audience yet, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. The guaranteed audience. So what I just want to take a I just want to ask a, a general question, but what do you guys define as success? Movie wise, music wise, just in general. In general, general concept. Like success in an art form. Like what do you think it means to be successful? Well, on a whole, if all right, like if if whatever I created got like accomplished the goal that I was shooting for, then I'm good. And that goal could be as small as making you feel something. Just in general, I I, I won't I won't even care. Like, well, obviously I would care if you like something that I put my heart and soul into. But if I made you if I made you feel any type of way, I could still take some solace in that. That like you know my work wasn't soulless or it wasn't anything. It it added to this world in some way or form. So I think that I think that could be largely, you know, considered successful. 
Yeah, that's 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 a pretty good like definition yeah. of success. Take what I'm saying, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me personally, I think, I think, what what determines success is leverage because I feel like that's what success is is for. I feel like people. People worry too much about success, but what they really want is leverage because your success gives you leverage to, to seed even more. Uh, if you're rich, they consider that success, but really that money is just leverage to keep doing more things that you want to do. If we make this podcast and we and we get a sponsor, this podcast is leverage now. We have we have leverage, you know? Like you need leverage in life because without it, uh, people walk all over you and you have nothing. You, you can't like trade nothing of, of value, you know? This nigga Jared is evil. <laughs> that was an evil he version. Well, if you sell your soul, that's leverage. <laughs> yeah, it is leverage. You make Listen, a deal with the devil. That's, that's why I said Jamie's version was very optimistic. <laughs> I had to take a, real, a realistic approach because this world is real. You know what? Let's take it even more realistic. My oh. version of success is being alive to see the end result. Oh, come on. Let's wait, take wait. it even more realistic. My version of success. See, so period. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I say that because like I feel like 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 you were saying earlier about the DC and Marvel struggle. It's it's really easy to be in a struggle with someone else to be at the top. But would you count that as successful? Like, no. would you say they're both successful, or, oh, or would you say yeah. they're never successful until one of them come out on top? No. Are you successful as long as someone's over you? I I personally think the comic book genre of movies and the comic book world in general is just winning. On a whole, because now they're getting more, a more like more people into it, like regardless of the type of quality of fan that you're getting, like you y'all still winning, like y'all still winning, y'all still making money, and like Jared said, y'all still making money and having an opportunity to add on to what you want to do. So even if you fail initially, you're still getting chances to add on. Like you're not just dead in the water. Now, see that I get what you're saying, but now you have to think of like, let's boom, let's let's go with Jared said again, leverage. Leverage to do bigger things and better things. Their success now means that other people's success is now diminished. Like, when was the last time you heard of a comic book publisher or creator that, that's not DC or Marvel? Like, or especially not one recently. that has a... I haven't heard one recently, but I give it to me. Especially one that has a movie. Or one that has, or has the possibilities and the opportunities that DC or Marvel has. And they're still struggling against each other for the top. Like, yeah. now, does that mean they're not successful because they're still fighting against somebody else for success? Or does that mean they are successful because they've now alienated the rest of the people trying to get there? Yeah. Do it. Do, do any of you guys even know who like Bloodshot is? <laughs> oh, Bloodshot. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I actually they, know who Bloodshot tried, is. They, they just, just try to launch a, a, a like separate uh, comic distributor, Valiant. I'm pretty sure is the name. Um, they're trying to launch their own cinematic universe, and they paid Den, Ven, Vin Diesel big money for that. But that was, that was a bad I doubt choice. anyone even watched that that movie though. You know, all I gotta say is cinematic universes, unless they're like actually done right to like you know craft yeah. and build the world, they're very fucking corny. Yeah, they kind of are. They're, they're like out. They're like outplayed now. You know. Yeah. I think they're only outplayed because of what the Marvel Cinematic Universe has become as a whole. Because now it's become like this big thing, like always tie back into the cinematic universe, and now it's become exclusively a different line of canon than what the actual comics were. Even though it started off as a reflection of this. It's now grown to be something different, which tie, which real quick to tie back into success, does that make them successful because they've started a new line, or does that make them not successful because now they've split? Well, I was gonna say that um, it's also crazy because now it's just um, it's, it seems like like on the whole that the superheroes pursuit, like the superhero movie pursuit, is kind of just money grabby now. Yeah, it's not really about the fans anymore or anybody who is interested in the character. It's just more about 
who can we push this, who like, who does this character relate to the most and how do we make them happy? So, you know, I get, I get what you mean by that. I also want to add that I don't even think that Marvel really like the cinematic universe thing to like the best that they could possibly do. Like, I feel like, I don't know, like the only like real high points of it when it came, or like in the latter half of it, like when it came like to uh, Thor 3 and like, um, what else? That buildup was legendary though. It was pretty crazy, but like the only ones that they really did was like, you know, Infinity War and Endgame and stuff like that. Mm. Everything else was kind of just there and they had like, you know, a little cameo here and there. It's kind of corny. Now you get to see like the different definitions of success because now as dedicated comic book fans, you think of it as corny and not as successful because of the possibilities that they could have took after using the base material. But like when you look at the sales for Thor 1, Iron Man 1, the movies that you say are not as as true to the ideal as the the ones before them were, they were super successful. Box office-wise, like, money-wise, engagement-wise, reach-wise, the later movies wouldn't be, like, not wouldn't be shit, but wouldn't be as popular if these these first ones didn't reach such such levels of success. Yeah. I wasn't saying that they weren't successful. I'm just saying that, like, they just, in my opinion, I think that they didn't, like, really take the cinematic universe to the highest that it could possibly be brought into, like not to take anything away from those movies who kind of like set it up for like the rest of them. It's just that like they dropped the ball in my eyes, like with like a lot of good stuff. Like they could have did something like, like, you know, the DC animated movie universe. Now I think that was a pretty decent, like version of a, like a, you know, connected universe when it came to movies. I think like to play to what you guys are both saying, it's crazy because you're right. Those those numbers definitely did happen, and they introduced you to the character more. It made you even think about Thor. There wasn't hardcore Thor fans out there, but now that there was a movie coming out, it's different. But mm-hmm. also to like you know play to what you were saying, the idea of Thor was ultimately changed when a new director. Oh, is he blowing my stuff right now with the gummy bears? He's pouring gummy bro. bears to his hand, making a weird face, <laughs> and expecting me to still go on with my thought. Anyway. The the idea of Thor was changed when the director Taika Waititi, you know, he, he crazy, you know, he's pretty. What you, slept. He slapped. Oh, slapped. He slapped exactly. He like he changed. He let Chris Hemsworth add more to the character and made him more goofy and stuff like that. Gave him personality, and that's something that no writer had ever really done for Marvel. Even the people that wrote for them, like cast wise, all in the all in the way. So even what he added to that movie made it even bigger. So you know that's all. That could, it's, there's a lot with success. I didn't even really yeah. think about the idea of success as a concept like this until and I said it. Let's let's not even get it twisted. Marvel wasn't always successful. Uh, like DC was the first one to really have popping superhero movies mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. then. Like the, the Superman, the first four movies they did, the Batman movies from back then. Yeah, the, it's just it's just that they like lost momentum. I think after like what was it like Superman Returns that that drawing like kind of tanked them. Yeah. But then you see Marvel come up. So I think that goes to show that, like, even though Marvel's super successful and popping now, mm-hmm. who knows if they'll still be successful, like, six years from now. That's true. I think DC really started to lose their steam, like, when it came to, like, you know, superhero movies, when it came to, like, Batman Forever. And like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like not, that kind the of nipples. I, I love Batman Forever. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Batman Forever was, like, that's that movie. You feel me? The nipples. Like, they had Jim Carrey play the Riddler. That was next level. It was. He put his heart, heart and soul into that performance, too. I couldn't take it away from him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, speaking of forever, do you think success is forever? Do you think success is something that's equi- like unequivocally the end? 
or is it something that you have to strive to continue to achieve as a standard? No, I, say I, I think the last one. Yeah, you'll fall off one. real quick. Drake, Drake is even falling off. Are yeah. you tripping? Oh, see, no, you yeah. said it's the wrong person. Tripper. You said yeah. it's the wrong person, Jerry. No, it's Drake. Drake is low-key falling off. Drake's falling off to He both start To like the younger generation coming in, they don't really listen to Drake like that. So I'm saying Drake is falling off as in... As in... If I'm if I'm asking you, do you do you think Janet Jackson's popping? You're probably not gonna think so, but like your mom probably would. Like Drake, Dang. Drake, Drake isn't gonna have the same success. Of course, Drake is always gonna be successful because he has established himself. I don't like how you said my mom though. Why you had to say your mom? Because your mom's from you could, from from that kind of nah, generation. You said anybody else, mom? Nah, I want to fight. Because I know your mom personally, so <laughs> she got our problem. She, she she we 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 would be able to talk about it. You just challenged him out to a fight, bro. <laughs> Nah, I just I just think it's crazy that he also compared Drake to Janet Jackson. That's kind of disrespectful. A little I'm just bit. saying, like you know, like um, gen- like generational icons. Like your mom could probably name a, a bunch of like artists um, that, that that she thinks were like super successful, but you you don't know them now. And Drake's numbers are even falling off too. And a young boy will probably be doing oh, you're tripping. Drake numbers. <laughs> yeah. you think I don't I'm know about, I don't I don't know about that. that one. Right, I don't know about Drake numbers, but like I don't know about NBA Young Boys. Like, okay, I don't know about I'm NBA Young Boy, but like, let's, but like I'm saying, like give it like a good three or four years. Of course, Drake will always chart. Of course, Drake will always have top 100s, but mm. like till like he's not he's not gonna be as popping as he always was. Like no no one can ever be popping forever. But that's but that's My the dad. thing. But now that things switch, this is the difference from have being as popular as you once were and still being popping. Right. Drake will always be popping, which I feel like is success in its own right. Like you had a peak, absolutely. But first of all, laugh like I forgot the name of the song. I just laugh know the lyrics. Now, cry later. Laugh now, cry later. Is a popping song. That video is just going to get a lot of attention always. And that going forward, the certified lover boy, the project he's about to drop, that project's definitely going to go stupid. I know not all of his projects have had that consistent success or that consistent level of success. But they definitely have consistently had success in general, and that success is now a platform for him to build for for him to build more success. Like he can definitely now that he has succeeded, there's a possibility to go back to and possibly exceed his former level of glory. I also think it depends on what you're like considering success, because like I don't know, there's there's a lot of people who kind of just don't ever truly fall off because of like. The imprint that they made on like yeah that's true things in general like Sosa Sosa will never fall off I ever. wasn't gonna say that yeah I feel like I feel like also um, something that kind of contributed to me saying like that that like first statement was like success has kind of <coughs> like the perception of success has kind of been twisted as time passed mm-hmm. we talked about this last podcast um, last podcast last podcast of like you know the the next like the next generation of like you know young people see things differently than we do yeah so. Mm-hmm. In their eyes, success is something something different from what we see. To us, Drake will always be successful. To yeah. them, they they might not see him as as that, that same kind of successful, you know? Like kind of how we look at like niggas like what's his name? Joe Budden about how yeah. they're old heads, bro. Yeah, no, 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 There's kids that probably that think that different. we're old heads. Yeah. Well, that well, sense. <laughs> well, like, well, one, it's Joe Budden. Like, not like we in Jersey, Joe Budden, you can come see me. Uh one song, <laughs> like one song. Pump, pump, pump. I've been off of one song. Besides, That's like Janet, even even the uh, earlier comparison of Janet Jackson, she was definitely a popping artist of her time, and she definitely will forever have that level of success. But Drake is much different because he's still consistent. He's still going, and even though Are you he might not. Janet take... Jackson isn't consistent. No, no, she's not. But especially when it comes <laughs> to like charts and like like oh yeah. no, you trip. What's up? 
Dan Jackson is definitely consistent. No, I'm, 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 well, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I cut, cut off your argument. Like, like your argument just started off wrong because <laughs> you said. You said, yeah, Janet Jackson is as successful as Drake, but Drake is more consistent. No, no, no. I said she's not as successful as Drake because Drake's more consistent. Is she not as successful as Drake? I don't think so. You don't Personally, think so? no, absolutely not. That's, that's Janet Jackson crazy. and Drake. Put down your Drake cup and your Drake hat and nah, your Drake bro. slippers. Nah, like, bro. Nah, bro. I what? definitely think, but it's also different because her success is now attributed to her being surrounded by other famous relatives. Like, mm -hmm. if Michael Jackson wasn't as popular, Janet Jackson would not be popping, right? But like, Michael Jackson had many other siblings. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm going to keep going on to that because I feel like <laughs> Isaiah, you're someone who I know who makes very good arguments, but this, argue, this one argument is like, very weird. My because, point is, no, you, no because like, you kind of prove what I said before each generation sees itself differently because if you ask your mom who's more successful Janet Jackson or Drake she's going to say Janet Jackson but then that's the, the boom that's my rebuttal your success is also dependent on the populace and the ways yeah. received at that time yeah, and the ways received going forward yeah. Drake has had in my opinion my opinion right more consistent success of the populace more people are Drake stands than Janet Jackson stands period you tripping you're tripping. Hold around on. the world? Around, around the, the no, world? No, around the world. I need around back world, up. Miss Jackson got him. Got listen, Janet Jackson and Drake. Rhythm Nation was a thing Bro, at one point. I'm, 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 what I'm trying to say is you 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 can't compare success from from like from like different gen like generational values. Like is like even even the fact that trying to compare Janet Jackson and Drake together is dumb. And that's the whole point. Like we can't success, success cannot cannot be considered the same. By by like the same caliber throughout throughout the years, like it has to evolve. Like Drake, besides the fact that Drake has hit records of selling records alone multiple times, what without any like what's the word I'm looking for? Without any accompanying act. When you think of Janet Jackson, you think of Michael Jackson. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. No, you tripping. You tripping. But I'm not defaming Janet Jackson, even though I personally am not a big Janet Jackson fan. I'm not saying she's not famous. I'm not saying she's not super famous. But Drake is literally, arguably, the number one artist in the world right now, and has been for a minute, and is definitely going to go down the Hall of Fame as greatest rappers of all time. Janet Jackson does not reach these accolades. Period. Uh, I don't really care about that. All I really wanted to touch upon. <laughs> all I really wanted to touch upon is the fact that Janet Jackson is very important, and she's also her success. In my personal opinion, isn't tied to Michael Jackson at all because she didn't start making music with Michael Jackson so far after into his career, and even then, she only had like maybe a handful of songs with him at, at all. I'm not saying to just quick rebuttal. I'm not saying that she's famous because of Michael Jackson, nor am I saying that she owes her fame to him. I'm just saying because of their relation and they have the same last name and are known siblings that she'll always have an additional like boost of fame because of this. Like it's always going to be additional like like DLC pack because she's Michael Jackson's sister. Like you'll always be Mike's sister and Mike is arguably the number one artist of all time. His level of fame reaches places that not that Drake's does, definitely does not. Like Michael Jackson is definitely a, a bigger artist than Drake, and I'm not ashamed to say that. But like, she's always going to have like if my brother is the biggest artist of all time, I'm automatically going to get an extra boost of fame and of success because of his success. You're tripping if you yeah. think otherwise, you, you might, you might get the you. opportunity for a platform. No, but, but doesn't mean that the, you're going to get the, if, the added weight because there are there are other artists who. Oh, there are other artists who are related to famous artists and other ones that were put on by other artists, but just because of that fact or just because they still remain in contact with them, 
it doesn't mean I'm automatically think of them. Like, because I feel like, even though I'm not really a big Janet Jackson fan like that, I feel like she did do her part to stand out from the family. Because, like, she did she did a lot more. She did things by herself. And it's not, like, Mike, Michael Jackson doesn't immediately ring to my ear when I think of Janet Jackson. And might when I think about, like, how she still feels, but it's not like I see her on the song and I'm thinking, like, I'm going to support it because that's, that's, you know, Michael Jackson's little sister. I'm going to support it because it's Janet Jackson. No. Not I'm, the other way around. I'm not saying that people will support her because of Mike. I'm saying you get additional eyes, ears, and listeners, and engagement, and fame because of this. Because now you're, I don't think, like, I don't think I'm Mike, and I don't listen to Mike and think, let me listen to Janet. But if you listen to Mike and you know his sister is an artist, mm-hmm. you're more inclined to listen to Janet Jackson because of Michael Jackson. Period. Okay. But, but but overall, do do you still think Drake will be doing the same numbers, you know, to, to see the same kind of success like six years from now that he, that he has now? Personally? That that was basically my my, my whole argument with like the success the success. Success does last forever if, if if your leverage is so high that it never runs out. But like, Drake is successful now, and he'll always be successful. But after a certain while, your 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 like limelight kind of like dies die, dies out a little bit. Um, and the same thing happened with Janet Jackson. I'm pretty sure if this was whatever. I think like the nineteen eighties she was around. What? Nineteen no. nineties? I don't yeah. know. I don't see I don't I don't I don't know anything about Janet Jackson, which is why I'm saying obviously apparent. It goes deeper than the two artists I'm comparing, but like if it was nineteen eighties and I said Janet Jack Janet Janet Jackson gonna fall off in six years, you were if you were from like you would probably the same argument. What you argument. You'd be like, Janet Jackson falling off, nah for you tripping. That's not what I sound like now at all. No, but Jared's face was hilarious. Wait, no, no, <laughs> Did you hear what he said? Janet Jackson's falling off? Nah, foe, you tripping. <laughs> yes. What? What? I'm apparently Listen, like a, a gangbanger I'm from, not gonna, a, country, from a state that's not this I'm one. not going to assume Janet Jackson's demographic, okay? Good point. I know it's definitely somebody in Atlanta with a glizzy right now bagging up coke listening to Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. <laughs> Shout out to you, Lontavious. Uh... But to answer your question, because we got we got really off topic. Yeah, right? we did. Because, you know, you said something yeah. about, you know, his Lord and Savior, Six God. That's why when you said that, I said, <laughs> six, you, six, said six. That, I said you said this was the wrong person. I don't know why you said that. Listen, you I don't know. even know why you added in Drake. When you said that, I'm like, he's he's going to argue tooth and nail I, now. I, I, I said I, Drake because Drake, Drake, Drake is the most successful person right now. Drake is someone who you, you would never imagine becoming irrelevant. But, but that's the thing. These people who are super successful... Everyone loses success after a while. Like it, like your success definitely diminishes. I think that is. I think it's kind of highly situational because of depend like because of what I said in the beginning, where he was like, like is success kind of determined by how you strive for it and how long you strive for it and stuff like that. And I feel like the only time someone's like career isn't successful if they aren't still striving for it is if they're in situations where they're not where they can't strive for it. Because Mike Michael Jackson. This man was working through all of this stuff, being like, being like, having all these allegations thrown at him, right or wrong, like all these allegations thrown at him, and he's still making music that is just like his music still still worldly still in, positive, like the top two hundred. So I, I think that I think that's the deciding factor. Do you think Drake's music will still be in a top two hundred in twenty twenty six? Maybe, honestly, maybe. Mm, yes, maybe. I definitely. It depends on him personally, honestly. Yeah. It depends on his drive and depending on how long he wants to be successful and what his idea of success is. Because at this point, if he retired tomorrow after this project, 
wouldn't be surprised. He's done it. He's definitely put enough work in. He's definitely done enough for me to think he's commercially successful and the rest of his life is going to be easy regardless of what happened. Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, but just to a hater, bro. ask the last question, <laughs> I just want to say, what would success be to you guys? Like to you individually, what would you consider success in your life and in your line of work? To imprint my swag on everyone else in the world. That's hard. That is, that is kind of hard. <laughs> that, he said that much hard. more metaphysically and he was too ready, too quick. I'm like, damn. He said, imprint my swag. People still say <laughs> he swag. He said he come up with his DNA in everyone. <laughs> right, Genghis Khan with this shit. Gang, 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 gang. My goal, my, my definition of success is to Genghis Khan my way into the billboards. Uh, James Valor. Uh I think for that, it depends. Because you said in my, in my field and in my field is music and it's like, it depends on what you go to that field for. And for me personally, I listen to a lot of music that I can empathet empathetically link with or just vibe with in general. And I think for, success, like for success, what success would be for me is if I made one of those songs that someone was listening to and they was just either getting emotional about it or just, like I said earlier, just connecting with it and thinking like, damn, it's crazy how much detail he put into this thought. Like, it, it sounds like he's speaking to me. And I think I would... Like no, no, number wise, whatever. I think if I just had that moment, or if someone told me they had that moment listening to something that I wrote, I would feel like I was successful. So if, if so, it's safe to say if Blake's is to imprint his swag on the world, yours is to imprint your emotion and the, your current state of mind, and More, to have each person have an individual, a f individual relationship with you as an artist. Yeah, more and more, more simply is like if I give the world a hug. Basically, I'm here for you. <laughs> Somebody imprint swag. We other people giving hugs. What about you, uh, YPC? Um, for me, it's definitely being able to put other people on because if I'm able to spread success, I feel like that's successful in itself because I feel like just having success for yourself is just one thing. If you have so much success and leverage that you that you, that you can ex expend and give it out to other people who are less fortunate to leverage themselves up, I feel like that's like a real like boss move, you know? Oh. Yeah, um, that's on like Jay, like Jay-Z, Kanye West stuff. That's crazy. Um, I don't know about Kanye though. <laughs> but <hold. laughs> Kanye put on a lot of people. Kanye yeah. put on Travis. What are you talking about? Nah, I just, I just don't want, I don't yeah, want to hey, support him. Hey, hey, we can, have, we can go into a whole, a whole I, I, nother. Hey, you got his haircut. Hey, 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 I like Kanye. It just right now we ain't. I don't want to support. But you got his haircut. <laughs> Shut up. That was this wasn't because of Ye. This was more because of Frank. This was more because of Frank. What? He wasn't blonde with Jesus. Walks. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I just wanted to say Jesus. Like, walks. I, I feel like for me, it also applies beyond music. Like um, even like professionally. Um, if I'm if I'm if I'm like in, in in a point in my career where I can get I can get you a job that pays well, knowing that I'm able to put like food food on your table, I'm giving you the opportunity to boss up and maybe do that for someone else too. I feel like it just like spreads positivity, which is something that doesn't happen a lot nowadays. Um, damn, my my general feels selfish as hell now. Um, be my, selfish, bro. My idea of success personally is to be able to as an artist. And not even as purely as like a rapper or as a vocalist or as a producer, like just as an artist to be able to to reach the heights of where I'm at and to be able to do what I'm doing at a high level with whoever I want to, however I want to. I want to be able to go to Atlanta and hit up Future and be like, yo, you want to hop on a song? Like now to bring possible dream collaborations and to get my art to the point where I have to worry about nothing else but creating. <clears throat> Where I can leisurely make the best work I choose to make without having to worry about bills or worrying about life status or worrying about things that, that are 
about what level of success this is going to be or worrying about adhering to commercial standards, mm-hmm. being able to be unapologetically me as an artist and to still get the level of opportunities to create and perform and yeah. do as much as I want to do as an artist without having to worry about it being out of my realm of reach. It's, 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 it's going to be hard to get to that point without, oh, like, yeah, without like selling out, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> That's crazy. I told you my favorite rapper Drake, bro. You know what it is. That's wild. This man already signed. (laughs) He about to be mace, bro. I'm like, what you get for your deal? Oh, I get that money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I feel like we should move on to another topic of if assassins have to be stealthy. Yo, Yo, of course. (laughs) Why just don't do this to me right now, bro? Wait, pause, 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 pause before you say that. Jared is baiting you into this because in middle school, me and him had an argument. We was ready to fight after 30 minutes of if assassins had to be stealthy or not. And he keeps bringing this up to make me mad because he knows where I stand on it. Where do you we stand was, on it? I stand on it that yes, assassins have to be stealthy because or else they're mercenaries. Where do you stand on it? I feel like they don't, they don't have to be. Why? Because as, as long as I kill him, I assassinate him. Pause, pause, pause. As long as you killed him, you murdered him. You didn't assassinate him, <laughs> but we're not going to get into that. I'm Whoa. not going to start talking about this. Skirt, reverse, set it up. Like I was about to say, uh, I just want to talk about collaboration. And I just wanted to think, what do you think collaboration does for an artist, especially when it comes to success and staying fresh and creativity? Um, I think collaboration, Um, it depends. Because like a lot of times in collaboration, I know, especially as me as an artist, I want to collab with people who, you know, I look up to, but there's also a lot of times where you're collabing with people so you can bridge into their audience, you know? I feel like a good example of that, not even just purely on music collabs. Uh, Earlier, James was talking about the uh, Taika Waititi and what's what's the actor's name? Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. And I feel like that's a collaboration. Yeah. Like examples of, of people working together in different fields or even in the same field, coming together to create something bigger is always going to be a fresh, a breath of fresh air and productivity. And I guess almost like a proof of success, mm-hmm. like bringing two levels of success together. Like collaborations either do, you're either the sum of, you're either more than the sum of both parts mm-hmm. or you are a letdown at this point, honestly. I feel like collaborations can do a lot for artists, even when it's like collaborations of verses or something like that. Or like even like the Instagram thing is what you're talking about. Instagram thing or like beefing. I feel like beefing to an extent can be considered collaboration because these like some of these artists just piece it up later on, but they still have all that attention that they garnered from that beef. Just like how a collaboration can make you listen to somebody more like, you know, with your fans and stuff. And just like collaborations on a whole are just a mingling of minds. And they're going there's something that's rare because. Like, you're not going to think, I can't think like Jared. I can't think like Oz. So if we work on a song together and I say like, yo, help me with this verse, or we're doing a song and it's just like, cause you know, songs are more like narratives. That narrative is going to be different than if I did it alone. So it's just like collaborations could do a lot and bring a lot out of an individual artist and like, you know, person and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that collaborations are purely business, even in the creative field, because you're using someone else's creativity to boost up your your business. A lot of artists get their first top 20s, top 10s through collaborations. Um, someone who I think treats collaborations very well is Trippy Red. He's he's actually very a very, very professional person. Um, 
he 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 even beefed with XXX because of because because he was still doing collaborations with people that X didn't like. Mm. But you know what? I feel like that was okay for Trippy to do that because he was about his business and it paid off. You know, all I gotta say about Trippy Red is big ugly clown. <laughs> um. Wow! But yeah, Trippy. Look at me, Arnold. <laughs> but yeah, Trippy just just I, I don't know if y'all saw he was beefing with KSI, but like what he collabed <laughs> he collabed with KSI and he got his first top ten in the UK. He would I'm 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 not saying he wouldn't have done that without KSI, but he he did it with KSI, and it doesn't matter that they, that they don't like each other. He still he still gets that check at the end of the day. Yeah, we still now, both can eat. We still still both eat. Go ahead. Now, do you think the collaborations? discredit independent skill because like you know you have situations like where J. Cole dropped the album with no features and people mm. to this day still talk about this and use yeah. that almost as fuel for the topic of J. Cole's the greatest rapper ever because he didn't need anybody else to succeed like that does that prove does that does that mean collaboration is le- is less so is is the easier way to go in you guys opinion or is it more so like a, a equal standpoint and should be treated as such it depends because collaboration can also just be used as like a, a way to gain learning experience. Like, you know, like say if you never like did a certain thing with a person before or like 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 back in the day, like that's why um people got really good really fast. And like a lot of jazz bands and stuff like that, because like jazz bands, like they like people just play we play instruments with each other for no reason. Like, you know, let's just jam out like mm-hmm. you learn new stuff just by being around somebody that's doing the same thing. Yeah. By osmosis. Right. And um. I'm sorry, repeat your question again because I was listening to Blake and I forgot what I was going to say. I was saying, uh, does collaboration discredit individual success and skill? Um, in your opinion, you know it's funny because you said that, and I'm one, and I'm definitely one of those people that's like, J. Cole had no features, and obviously, when you're writing a song, if like part of the legwork is obviously finishing the song, so you could say that someone hopping on the track is helping you out and like such and stuff like that. But I definitely do feel like. As someone, if you're either contributing a feature, say you're contributing a feature, I feel like it is an art to itself to give a feature that does help. Because there are so many times where there's a feature that added a little bit or was just kind of mid, and then you hear like a feature that made a song. Or on the flip side of that, sometimes some of these rappers aren't like, I don't know if, I don't know if y'all feel this way, but sometimes they aren't as good as like, if they're like almost competing with somebody on a song. Because sometimes that person being on the song just makes you go that much harder because you're like, I'm not going to get watched by this person. Mm-hmm. So it's just like... I think it like the reason why that ha- happens is like it helps you see like the contrast about what you could possibly do and like it just gives you more of a like starting point. I feel like I'm not a fan of this argument because I think it's pretty redundant uh, for two reasons. One, I feel like not having features isn't something to brag about. That's just like something an artist should be able to do regardless. Like if you can't make songs by yourself how are you an artist and depending on features is actually a a liability just look at Rich the Kid's career I don't even need to explain it I don't need to explain it Rich Rich the Kid's album is like he probably has like he probably has like two solo songs on his album his albums are full of features and the the problem with that is that no one likes Rich the Kid they they only listen for the features (laughs) and even then they barely listen so like I J. Cole like Rich the Kid. I like Rich the Kid. No, I, I have major respect for Rich the Kid. He, I don't. He 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 was, he was able to start a movement, but like he's 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 not consistent because he I feel like he depends too much on features. But J. Cole now has that has that confidence in that like ability to, 
to, to handle himself. He don't have to depend on anyone else. Um, also, because um, the second fact is, again, I think that features are just purely business. And if if you know that this feature is going to make your album sell better, why wouldn't you put it on there? You know. Now, I do, I do think features are, and collaboration, in a sense, is business, especially when you get to a certain level of success, to tie back into the second draw, the second topic. Um, because especially like when you get when you look at people like I would say like J. Cole, like mm-hmm. or Drake, like just to see or actually perfect example, uh Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar has his cousin Baby Keem, and I I really like him as an artist. But now because of their they haven't even really done major collaborations that he's so far gotten to the level of success where he's at now, in a large part outside of Kendrick's help. And if this was vice versa, let's say B.B. King never made a song before. His first song he made was with Kendrick. He would much easier have gotten to the point where he's at now because now you get to share a point, a part of your success and your fan base and potential revenue. Like, you're you're potentially giving this man a check. Like, mm-hmm. if, if Drake put a, gave me a song right now, I'm going to blow tomorrow. Like, it's Drake. But yeah. that, but that's also dangerous because you could end up like Black Boy JB. And oh, that point, oh my God, the shot. That's what I'm saying. Like I just heard a Black Boy JB song. No. He's, he's not popping. That's what I'm saying. These these features, I feel like features are are like more like dangerous than anything. I feel like you I feel like not having features isn't really something to flex. But you also gotta consider like it's not at least in my perspective, I don't feel like it's strictly a business standpoint, because like a lot of times when I get features or artists who do collaborations with people, it's not even for like the money or anything like that. It's literally just to make perfect art. Yeah, but then you I also respect that. I feel like it's also that also brings into the argument like collaborations versus assistance, mm-hmm. because these people might assist you with this song, but collaboration is only between peers. And if we're not peers, we're not collaborating. I'm essentially assisting you. What do you What do you define as peers? Peers as in like similar levels of I guess success and skill, skill and artistry. Yeah, just as a whole, like because I feel like that's what makes us as the Phantom Troop so good because we're not all at varying different levels of skill, even though we might be at smaller and higher levels, like by small margins, but as a whole, we're coming up together. We're groups together. We're skillful together. We improve together. So now when you have people who are your peers, who you collaborate with, it becomes a lot more genuine and a lot more even rather than me just like bombing on this song and then you drop this dookery. Yeah, like you definitely need... You definitely need to open yourself up for collaboration because you can't just be in the in like echo chamber or else you're never gonna grow mm-hmm. as like an artist. That's I, very true. I also think that like you get to a limit independently. Like there's collaborations are an easy way to, to to make things like to give a breath of fresh air, not only to your career, but to the art you're making. And that's for anybody, for artists. Like it's easy to stylistically get caught up in yourself. And to get caught up in the person and the persona that you're trying to be and to bring someone else into that and expand almost your universe is always going to be a benefit rather than a detriment unless they bring you down to their level. I uh, I like to play devil's advocate, as I like to do a lot. Um, the, a good example of like that whole thing of um, if someone could do like, well, first off, I think what Jared was saying was right. And I think just to sum up the argument, I think it's more of it. Like the statement of he did it with no features is more a statement of this like this guy can swim like he's he's without a feature he's still he's still good, but with uh, an example of the opposite would be like with Kyle Kyle released a second his like his sophomore album and it wasn't really that good it was like it well in my opinion it wasn't really that good 
and it was kind of really different from his sound, like from his original sound. But then he released an album after that where he had some samples on there. And I, it was with, I think one of the samples, two of the samples I know for sure was uh, K-Camp. I think that's how you say his name, right? K, K it's K-Camp, bro. How, how else would you say K-Camp? <laughs> I mean, it could have been a funny way of saying K-Camp. I don't know. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's like a, a Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> it's like saying uh, G-Food. Uh, is is that a, a Jafaude? <laughs> nah, bro. Come on now. K-Camp. It's not French. Look, bro, I pronounce things wrong all the time. I just be getting anxious. And he, he did one with... Uh, uh, Rico Nasty, two very fun artists, and I feel like that kind of awakened his, you know, his his kid side, the the Kyle that was having fun with music beforehand, and it made me feel a lot better about that project, like you know that he did, you know, with the features and stuff. But so since we're playing Devil's Advocate, I actually didn't like that project. Um, okay, that's, that's good. I also didn't like I I like the songs with Rico Nasty. That's actually my favorite of the songs, but she kind of like I feel like her attempt her her. The things that she brought to the table were typical Rico Nasty things. Oh, yeah. Like, these people are just themselves on these songs. It's less collaboration and more assistance. A good example of this is IDK and Friends. IDK, JIDK, formerly, now IDK, dropped a project recently with every song as a collaboration. Mm. And now you get to see him put himself into the tank with them and come out with something completely unique for both artists rather than just letting me throw, like, let's say I put Sasson on every sandwich I, but I make. You put salt and pepper on every sandwich you make. If we put salt, pepper, and sasson on something, you'll come up with something completely new instead of it just tasting like salt, pepper, and sasson. I feel like... It's about the elements you... Well, long yeah. story short, it's about the elements that you bring to the table that make a collaboration what it is. And sometimes people don't bring those elements, which doesn't bring the fullest out of that collaboration. And the, I'm trying to say this because I feel like Rico Nasty and Kyle was a good example of that. Because mm. I feel like they definitely could have been more than the sum of both parts if they tried something new, new for both of them. But they went the typical Kyle fun song route, and I didn't really like it as much. I feel like if you're doing a feature, you should be able to like adapt to each other's style. Otherwise, like like you said, it should just be a Kyle song. Like if it was gonna be Kyle and Rico nasty, it should feel like a combination of both of their styles. It should have just sound like Rico nasty rapping on a Kyle beat. Mm-hmm. It should sound like um, you know b- both of them collaborating like for real. And on the IDK and Friends, uh, his song with Zaman. He, fire. It was fire because he went on a Zaman beat IDK and IDK did a Zaman flow, and it was heat. It was fire, you know. I just I just want to talk about this song. Oz put me onto this song too. The song with Lil Dicky and Game. What, what was it called? Uh, How, How can you, you sleep? sleep, bro? The first verse, typical typical Dicky verse. Clever, light shit. Game comes on, start spinning, start spinning that raw shit, and then. Dicky comes back with a new aggression and starts hitting you with the crazy wordplay. Yeah. I was just like, you know what? That's that's wild. That's what I'm saying. And now you get to see like when put through that scope and put through that lens of aggression, how differently you get to view Lil Dicky. Because Lil Dicky, for large for a large part of his career to this day, is a joke rapper. Like he has a bunch of serious songs and he has serious moments, but he lets that joke rapper title define him in ways that I personally think limit him as artist, as limit him in artistry. And now when you get to see him with game, he kind of like really get to talk his shit and really get into his bag and really get to feel his confidence and bring that into rapping, which benefits largely from these traits. Like you get to see how much it benefits him in this song and in and in general. I just wanted to add on that. Yeah, well, Dicky definitely like. In my eyes, definitely solidified himself as a joke rapper because I definitely don't take a little dicky serious ever at all. <laughs> I feel like he's funny. He, I feel like he did that on purpose, and I don't know why. 
It's a it's a probably for it's a brilliant. Yeah, I was about to say it's a brilliant marketing move. Everybody loves someone that's funny. Just yeah, as, but, as a whole. But but then it's also bad because then no one can can like take you serious. You but it don't matter. The money series. Funny though. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah that money series, bro. Yeah, his right, his right. his persona is gonna. He's he's always gonna be the non-violent like yeah. not to be racist the non-violent white guy. And he's just, Everyone loves a funny white guy. It, it, don't say but, that. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say basically, but don't um, say that. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Dicky actually probably doesn't care because he has that he has that TV deal. He's, he's oh yeah. As long as he's stuff. doing good yeah. on that, he still got it rolling in too. Is that show yeah. actually any good? It is. It's actually it's really decent. hilarious. I think it's I think, but then he was also used to be a TV writer. Like this is definitely his ballpark. Mm-hmm. Like he already felt comfortable in this area and just said, "Let's go full force." Um, cause I just want to ask another question of like, who do you think are some of your favorite dream collaborators? Like, who are some of your favorite artists and creators that you would like to see work together and come out with something crazy? Just to clarify on the question, is this, are you asking who, like, what would be our dream collaboration or who are just our dream collaborators as of now? Like, who makes stuff that we think is really cool? Like, who are two standout artists in fields that you would like to see collaborate with each other? Okay. I want to ask your dream collaboration with you personally too, but that's the next question. All right. Um, it's our one. Yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> I, 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 for me, I would, I would really love to see a Frank Ocean and Solange collaboration. Oh my I think god! I, I think oh my god! Really beautiful. Oh, speaking of, I actually would really like to see a Brett Fiaz Giveon collaboration. That yeah, I don't know. That'd be you tripper. I feel like Giveon would. <laughs> I mean Brent Brent got him on the pen game, but give mm-hmm. me on man. It's just his just voice. voice. It's his voice, bro. It's, I don't know what it is. For like the longest time, I thought that Giveon was like just like Sanfa. I, I didn't know he was like actually <laughs> Sanfa and Giveon would be fire too. That like, would be talking about? That'd be wild. This isn't like a dream collaboration of mine, but it's just a question. Has Kendrick and Travis Scott ever done a song together? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Was it good? It was, but uh, Kendrick reused his verse from that Rich the Kid um, new new Freezer song for some reason. I don't know why. Ooh. I was I was kind of confused. On on that tip, I feel like if uh, there's a there's a song on before the radio before the rodeo called uh, Backyard. I feel like Kendrick Lamar would have went stupid on that beat, and uh, Travis does a very Kendrick like flow on the beat, so it's just kind of like it would have been perfect. Before the rodeo, definitely. In my opinion, kind of was like Travis Scott speak as an actual rapper. Uh, he evolved as an artist, but as like a lyricist, that was like kind of his peak, in my opinion. I can see that. He was definitely spin, spin harder. And like in the, as time went on, he definitely put more into his like approach. Um, I also think like, I don't know. I didn't hear that song, honestly. I was trying to say <laughs> something smart, but I, I didn't really. Care about New Freezer or Rich the Kid. Jared pretty much summarized my feelings on him. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Like, he, I don't know. I feel like that's also what made collaborations important mm. is because them being between two people that you know and care about and it being two established artists and having yourself be an established artist and have an established persona and something to add to this collaboration rather than like me collaborating with my niece and she do some bullshit. <laughs> like you could very well just collaborate whatever you want. I could tell the pizza guy yeah. spit a sixteen, and but it's not really going to be much. You don't know that. I've, you I don't know, know that. He's ready for real. steel. I'd have been like, oh yeah. I feel like anyone could collaborate together. Future and, and, and a Khalid made a song together. It was decent. But they're also self-aware as artists, and they're also artists who have identities solidified. You have to have an artistry set to collaborate. Like before you know who you are, how are you going to tell other people who are? I feel that completely. 
That was a little too deep, but you know, it is what it is. Self-awareness when it comes to music is a very strange thing. Mm So I feel like if you become self-aware in yourself, a lot of times you can also like get trapped into living up as a persona or as how people see who you are. A lot of people I know need to definitely get out that trap. Be (laughs) self-aware that you're making that bullshit. I'm getting better. Shut up. That way you don't like get poisoned by ear corruption. Or just be like oblivious to how kind of silly you look. There's also that. So I feel like... And at, at, at like what point do you do you tell your homeboy to just stop just, just stop rapping? <laughs> when he spends thirty minutes trying to record eight bars. That's uh, yeah, why I feel like, feel like that's so like, so to get back on topic. <laughs> what I was gonna say was because we can patch. Uh, I don't know about dream collaboration, but I know that. Well, one, I wasn't expecting that young that uh, that young thug and I mean, uh, and huh? I thought you were gonna say young thug and Amina. Nah, actually, that song was fire. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I didn't expect less from that. I was more, I wasn't expecting the Chris Brown and Young Thug album to work as Ooh, well as it did. That shit slapped. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay. Shit. And two, I feel like, uh, speaking of Chris Brown, I feel like him and T-Pain need to come together to do an album. Because each song, each, song, each song they did together was crazy. And I just feel like now, I, I, I they need to strike while the iron is hot. I mean, Chris Brown is hot right now. T-Pain's always going to be eating off of producing. So I just feel like it's, even if he they weren't on the song together, I just feel like there would be some songs, there would be some beats that Chris Brown would really fuck with because they've worked together. And, you know, T-Pain's a cool ass dude. He needs some money. I think speaking of producing, a lot more producer-artist collabs should happen. Like, I think, like... Yeah, it actually, now, like, like labels... T- Ooh, labels... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, labels are kind of, like, shopping around producers as like assets for artists like uh Justin Maiden and Playboy Cardi like the, the label set that up for them you know it's crazy because Justin Maiden is not a thing anymore because yeah, he's, he's, like not, he's not a thing music. anymore but like like at the time they were, they were kind of like so Justin so like Justin Maiden was like popping so they kind of like they kind of like paired them together to try, to try and get Cardi a new single I feel like we're going to kind of see that more like like you know uh pre-producers being producers putting on the artist kind of like you know I disagree that Justin May is not a thing anymore. He just had a very popular song with Jack Harlow and a couple popular songs with Lil Yachty. You he also, might not be a thing with Lil Uzi, but, you know. You also got to consider the fact that when those songs are made, because Justin May literally, like, was leaking all of Cardi's songs. Yeah. He was just in the What's Poppin' remix video. He was, but, with Lil Wayne. like, from this, from like this point forward, he kind of like damaged his like business reputation. That's that's kind of like in like insider stuff. Like people, yeah, are, you, are you saying he fucked up his yeah. career because yeah. of this move? Yeah, okay. yeah, he, that would he, be more understandable. He, he just made a really bad career move. He's you know, definitely probably blackballed in a lot of places right now. Yeah, okay, so, that's what you meant. So, who would you guys say would be your dream collaborator as an artist? Like, who, if you could pick anyone right now that you could make a song with, who would it be? Producer, artist wise, what? Black Cray. I don't know who that is. Sorry. <laughs> he so 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 Black Cray kind of like, kind of like he kind of like started that like you know like little like um little like little little Pete and little Tracy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of he's kind of like and Uzi and Thumb. He kind of like went like the forefathers. Oh, you was talking about him when you was talking about Uzi that one time. Probably okay. Uh, mine is a given. Like I take a lot of inspiration from Frank Ocean, and I would love to to wait. Just, you're not Frank Ocean. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so I, I would love to create with him and have something like that. Should be yeah, wild. I would definitely love to go uh, bar to bar with Earl Sweatshirt. That's trippy. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's different. trippy. That that yeah. actually be another dream collab with me too. Yeah. I don't know, man. Someone said that Earl's I love the systematically, but all right, go ahead. No, I was I was just gonna say someone has said that Earl systematically ruined his career on purpose, and I was, and I didn't get it, and I didn't look into it, but you, I was about to say something. That's the end of that sentence you were saying. Yeah, no, I didn't look into it because I didn't I didn't want to know if it was true or not because nah, I haven't I, heard a lot he, of. He Earl's didn't like songs. he he just like he just like chose his his lane and just like wrote it. Oh. Okay, that's more understandable. I feel like collaboration wise, production wise. I think me and Kenny Beats would do a lot of good work together. Boy. I think me, ooh, I saw Kenny Beats to anybody, <laughs> bro. All right, bro. I don't know Wild, thanks. I was just trying to say I got good bars. He got good beats. You said, yeah, but anybody, though. I mean, Kenny nah, Beats is a pretty good producer, bro. Nah, bro, don't talk to me. <laughs> um, I also would love to collaborate with Mike. I think me and him would do do a lot of good work together. Maybe me and Bob Ba in this, but that man too, too famous for me. He is. He is. Don't talk about him. Yo, low-key, like, I say this all. I say this to myself all the time, but like, I think me and the baby would have some crazy music to drop. I, f- I feel like your music is very like punchline heavy, just like the baby's is. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh, me and the baby would be spazzing for real. And you be saying violent shit too. Oh, I'm gonna just use that as an excuse to say whatever I want. <laughs> Shot him in the aisle over Legos. It was aisle Legos made him fall like bricks. What? Ooh, exactly. Ooh, okay. Get it. Pick up and hit it. I'm going to hit a lick. Like, we could have... Ooh, he ooh, What? If we doing soup second collabs, I would also like to collab with uh, with Joji just because I feel like the man's... I feel like he's... he Like, pop-wise, he's a genius, man, because he keep making these hits that's just sticking in your head. What he says he made recently? Uh, um, Dancing in the Dark, uh, Sanctuary, um, this Mine. song that I'm listening to now, that song that Jared made. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the song I'm talking thinking about is Daylight. That's another song that I heard by him. And, and I feel like if I if I hear your song, and it's just stuck in my head, like I feel like that's you know that's that's a good song. Even if it was like on some BS, like I can't I can't not acknowledge the point that is is catchy at least. Speaking of being stuck in your head and being, and being a good song, I think Jared would do a lot of good work with Cochise. Coach. <laughs> I feel like Coach I feel like Coach Cheese basically did what I was attempted to do from like 2017 to like oh, 2018. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He pretty much just like well at home play with Cardi. Yeah, yeah, bro. Ooh. I feel like like when I was young, like me first started rapping. I feel like that's like that's Chef G now. If I was if I would have stuck with the streetness, <laughs> I'd be I'd be with Sleepy Hollow somewhere. I was just about to say I feel like if you collab with Sleepy Hollow, that shit would be crazy hard. Oh oh my god! This ain't a regular poll. I have a really good question. What uh what uh female artist would you guys want to collaborate with? I already got my answer. Is, that would collaborate with a female artist. That's what. Who would you say? Tiana Taylor. She's really versatile. Yeah, that's a really good one. I would have to say that too. Okay. Her, and, her or Tori Kelly, because because she's also she, she's not. I mean, she's versatile, but it seems more like she does the best of a lot of genres as more of, of her fitting a lane. Tiana Taylor has a style, and it's just it's just she's also very skilled. Like, Yo, can I say this and y'all not get mad at me? Okay. Tiana Taylor looked like a geo dude to me. And I can't get that out of my head. I don't think she's attractive at all, bro. I think she looks like one of the worm aliens from Men in Black. I think she's beautiful. <laughs> I, think, I think she's beautiful. Let me just put. Yo, that I think there. she looked like the orange ball from from uh uh, uh Space Ghost. <laughs> Mozart. Yeah, the boy said gonna look like that's bro. What she nah, like. that's gonna. Yo. that's that's forever gonna be gonna. Bro. Nobody, nobody takes that title away from him. <laughs> um, what about you? Um. Probably Tommy Genesis. 
Uh, she mm. yeah, she she's still kind of like a, like um underground now, but I feel like she's like pretty cool artist. They don't know who that is. Yeah, they, they don't know who that is. Well, yeah, man, he might just know. put somebody on. Yeah, put someone on. Listen, to, look listen, her up. Look, look yeah, her up. Take a listen. Look up, look up Tommy Genesis. Oh, Deb um Deb Never is really good too. If you haven't heard of her, mm. I'm gonna be honest. Good. I don't know a lot of female artists. I feel like female artists definitely get underplayed. But. You gotta work mm-hmm. as a female. If you're a female artist, you definitely do gotta work harder to get in the limelight. Yeah. I think that's not true, but it depends on the type of art you're making. Yes, it like is. if you make like typical uh, sexual R&B music, you have an easy lane for you. But if you want mm. to do something different than that, different than what's typically normal for a female artist, you definitely come in and I draw with a little prejudice against you. Before you say what you're about to say, I just wanted to list who my collab was. I would, I would really want to work with 070 Shake, honestly. Mm. Yeah. Her Orion son, even because uh, something, I don't know. I can't think of any like real crazy female rappers. I want to rap with Rico Nasty too. She'd be ripping shit, but like artist wise that I really listen to a lot that I would want to collaborate with, Orion Sun and 070 Shake both make really nice music and really emotional music, which I'm trying to get my music to be more of. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, I don't even remember what I was about to say. You said something about Orion Sun or Will, oh, or Willow Smith. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Will Smith, but I, I respect her artistry. Okay, She's really well, good. We can shoot it out. Also, collaboration-wise, real quick, I would really want to work with Partisan Fontaine. Partisan Fontaine, if you hear this, hit me up. If I, <laughs> I would also want to work with uh, Hope Tala. She's she's yeah. very good. Her Hope name Tala? is Hope Tala. Mm-hmm. What she kind of, made, like, kind of um, like music does does she make? Like, she makes vibe? really good like she makes really good vibe music, island girl music for sure. I definitely um, think it's like almost like UK inspired pop R and B fusion music. Kind of like a dance hall a little bit, you know. Kind, kind of like slower yeah. dance hall, like, like pretty dance hall. like okay. pretty dance hall. I'll play something for you later. Her voice is like so soft. It's, it, it would it would go really well. I think it would go really well. So um, just to wrap this up, I wanted all of us to talk about our highlighted media of the week. Uh, every week, I just wanted to start talking about something that we like during the week. This might be a song. It might be something we're reading. It might be an artist we're fucking with that we just got introduced to. But I just wanted each of us to have a chance to talk about something that was interesting to us this week, starting with. Uh, okay, it's me. I uh, Actually, one of the songs I mentioned earlier, Joji, Daylight, it's, uh, it's definitely a vibe song. Um, and also, if you listen to the lyrics, it's a little deep. And I just, I, he's somebody I don't listen to a lot, lot, a lot like that, but I do respect the really like hit makey songs he got. And me also, I'm trying to put that into like thought when I write songs, like how how can I make it more catchier? How can I make it bop more? And stuff like that. And he, I feel like he definitely has that down. So if you have a chance, listen to Daylight, you know. Um, I've been bumping The Plan by Travis Scott. You know, he, he's, he's pretty mainstream now. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> everyone has heard this song by now, but I would I, I I appreciate um, Ludwig. I don't know how to say his last name. It's very complicated. Uh, Ludwig, Gold, the guy who did the stuff for the Black Panther for the Black also, Panther um, soundtrack. He's he's a really solid. Yeah, he's a yeah, pretty, pretty he's solid producer. And I like kind of having more like orchestral, more composed sounds to, to like music because it mm. made like the beat sounds alive. It sounds yeah. more mm. varied. I I I don't like when like the beat is just a loop and then an eight oh eight just smacking every every two beats you know um so i would like to hear more music like that from travis scott and even more artists in general in the future um to follow up with with like more orchestral and more composition sounding music i my highlighted media is uh to sleep by jesse by my jacob collier by was album uh, uh jesse volume three i think it's jesse it has a dna i think that's john silent 
um, is a, he made this song in from I think two to six a.m. He composed the entire song. He started. He he made all of the background instrumentation, all of the vocals, and all did all the mixing and mastering during these four hours while he couldn't sleep. It's a song about sleep, and I feel like those are the songs that really get me. Like the songs where you're really trying to show a simple emotion under cascading vocals and under instrumentation, and it just all sounds so great. The the project as a whole shows how skilled is he is as an artist, and this was the standout. This one in Running Out of Love with uh, Tori Kelly. So if you guys have a chance, I definitely think y'all should look up Jacob Collier and give his music a chance because that man, different. It's interesting that you guys both said that you guys like wanted more variation and like not just loops inside your music because the person I've been listening to a lot this week is like the entire opposite of that entire spectrum. <laughs> I've been listening to Mike Way of the World a lot this week. Like I, I've listened to it before, but I just, it's constantly in rotation. Like it's like it replaced like Feet of Clay and like some rap songs for me. Like Mike is really good and like he really like gets into detail and talks about his grief and like you know his mother and like her death and shit like that. And I think that that project's really tight. I definitely feel like um in like introspective and more solemn like rap music in general is starting to become more like accepted and and uh I feel like it's kind of I feel like that's like that's like beneficial for the industry. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like uh, Juice World definitely helped helped help help people. Be, be, be like comfortable with listening to that music. And now we have people like Mike, Earl Sweatshirt, Mavi, uh, even Polo G, they're all like further in that. And now um, that like that kind of music is more widely accepted now. I think that's really cool. You gonna put some respect on Earl name because he was on that wave before that. He was talking about sad shit before. No, that. I know. I, I, yeah, he was, uh, but like Juice World kind of like made, made it, it different. Made it more us like more Normalized and more like mainstream. Pretty well. Who? Well, who? Well, who would you say like did that? Kid mm. Cudi. I like. <laughs> yeah, K probably yeah, Cudi. Okay, yeah, I, I, I could definitely see that. I definitely do think there will be no juice world not Kid Cudi. Yeah. yeah. Period. There be no but, juice world. Yeah, was it for me? Um, <laughs> okay. Well, there's is no juice world. So uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, bro, no, yo, say that. Cut it, bro. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Okay, that's about it for the uh, PT podcast episode two with James Valor, Ayashi, YPC, and AKA. Um, all of our uh, social medias will be in the description. Um, if you're interested in any of the songs we talk about, go check them out. Rewind the podcast. Make sure you write down the names. Uh, any y'all got anything you want to say before we go? Um. I have a project dropping via Birdhouse Recordings on September 9th. Wait, no, September the 10th, next month, on the 10th. So be on the lookout for that. Thank Ayashi for stepping in with us as another member of the PT Podcast. James Valor, what you got to say? I just want to say, <clears throat> the things you do have weight, so make sure you know. You think before you do stuff and just try to be positive out here. I'm wor I'm also working on more, more music and stuff like that. I have a couple collabs with Oz and Mercy. I don't have anything with Blake yet, but we're working on that. And, you know, just be on the lookout. I just want to say that Janet Jackson would outbar Drake. And that's my oh final God, statement. Oh, my God, bro. <laughs> if, you put, if you put Drake on a new Jack swing beat, he wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> a lot of people wouldn't know what to do. He wouldn't know what to do. Well, I don't know. Drake? We're not even going to talk about that. <laughs> what do you want to say, YBC? What you got? Uh, I, I, I said what I had to say. That's, that's, that's that, my that, statement. That's your end statement. Yeah. I just want to say. I touch her. Uh, yes, I just dropped this song, Amen, on SoundCloud. Uh throw away from the album Immortalized coming soon next month keep an eye out for that keep an eye out for all of us the truth do big things 
if you guys have anything you want to uh if you want anything you want us to talk about make sure to put it in the comments below hit one of us up check out the uh website check out all of our social medias check out all of our sound clouds all of our distro kids any of all that um that's about it that's all i want to say i love y'all i'm out